Hello there, and welcome back to the Backyard Buddhist Podcast. I'm Ron Powell McLean, and I'm so happy to be here with you this week. I feel like I'm sort of getting back to my myself. Um, if you hadn't caught the the last podcast, or maybe the one before I told you guys that I, me and my husband, my husband brought COVID home from work and we spent the better part of two weeks sort of battling the symptoms of that. And I don't think it was really terrible for me. It was like a really bad cold or flu um, and even worse for my husband, Darren, he, um, he was nauseous and couldn't get out of bed and, you know, a lot of, a lot of symptoms for him. For me, it was, you know, a couple days of feeling really rotten, but probably the biggest symptoms for me is were like a really terrible metallic, almost burnt plastic taste in my mouth and smell in my nose. And, um, that was, pretty disturbing uh, <laughs> and um, really being so desperately tired and sort of in a mental fog. Um, you know, I spend a lot of my time, I spend a lot of my um, day being or trying to be managing this awakened awareness that I really nurture and cultivate within my Buddhist practice. So it's, it's kind of um, my, my habit now to really focus on the present moment. And during the illness, I was sort of back at square one feeling like I was being led around by ruminating thoughts. I felt like I was just, um, you know, even in the middle of the night, pondering some situation or conversation or something that had gone on years and years ago. So it really wasn't productive in any way to follow these, um, these thoughts, um, it wasn't doing me any good. And it's not as if I was really, um, really effective in my, um, ability to, um, really sort of hone in and, um, and get control of my awareness. So i I definitely felt like I was um, off, <laughs> like um, felt like I was off my meds <laughs> or something. And this this week, um, particularly the past few days, has felt much better. Um, I'm still sleeping kind of poorly, but um, my wakeful state when I'm upright and moving about 
seems to be a lot more focused and uh, intentive and attentive as well. So it has, um, it has been a little bit of something. And um, I don't think I've mentioned this before, but the 2nd of January, of course, you know, new year, I started on Noom, um, the diet um, and nutrition plan. Um, I've, you know, kind of battled weight on and off since I was a kid um, and mindfully knowing when I say that, that my early years were probably not um, that I didn't really have an issue, but my mom was um, hyper vigilant about weight. And she has from, from me being a little kid to now, um, I think she's always been on a diet and always trying something new. And um, she's not a particularly um, large woman, but um, you know, for her, her frame, she's short. Um, so I think that, um, you know, every pound on a short person probably counts, you know, for a little bit more than those of us who are taller, but um, I just woke up or I woke up, I grew up with a, an environment where there was always some sort of dieting going on. Um, so I picked that habit up early and I remember thinking <laughs> a friend of mine, a, a friend of mine on Facebook said a few weeks ago, I wish I was the weight I was when I first thought I was fat. <laughs> I concur because I can look back at photos where I thought that I was just way off, you know, way off my, my plan and not healthy and needed to lose weight. And, you know, I looked, you know, probably, you know, wearing a size 32 men's pants and so on. And I experienced a bit in my uh, early 20s, um, early 20s through probably mid, mid to late 20s, I guess, I really sort of battled what I will call um, some depression issues that really manifested in um, eating issues and just wouldn't eat um, and would starve myself and had, you know, I, I never really became bulimic, um, but definitely um, I was very thin at one point for my weight. And, you know, if you haven't listened <laughs> to the podcast before and you're learning this now, I, I spent about, I want to say five or six years, um, maybe a little bit longer um, as a drag queen um, in the Omaha area and Kansas City areas. Um, and it was, you know, it was fun. It was a, it was a thing, certainly an exploration and I wasn't bad at it, but um, I remember at one point I was fitting into 
a women's size nine. So if if you're a woman or you know women, a man, you know, fitting into a, a size nine is kind of thin. So um, I remember my sister being very upset at me um, that I was so thin and um, thought that I was sick. So, um, you know, I, I think I corrected that. And, you know, obviously as I've grown older, I've found myself and found my awareness of my habits and some of those ideas that were in my head. So I digress. I started Noom a month ago, and this is not a paid <laughs> a paid sponsorship with Noom. I just, um, I, I went with that plan because it seemed a little bit more uh, focused on the psychological aspects. And there's, there's really sort of a daily lesson, if you will, um, that you read and some little quizzes and things like that, that help to maybe relieve some of the ideas of the myths around weight loss and what's good and what's bad. It's still calorie counting, but in a smarter way, I think, um, where it's, really categorized into, you know, you know, green is, you know, the best yellow, um, a little more caution and red, you can still eat everything. You just have to mind your portions. Um, the, you know, redder the, the food is and, you know, things like, you know, cheese and, you know, calorie dense things are lower on the on the scale and things like vegetables and fruits are higher and in that green area. So I've been at it a month tomorrow um, and I've lost 15 pounds. So I'm, and even during COVID and it's cold out. So I'm not walking like I normally do in the spring and summer. Um, so I'm kind of intrigued and a little bit, um, you know, I'm physically feeling a little better um, because of that as well. So this, this week, particularly, um, I've been feeling pretty darn good. And boy, that makes it so much easier than, you know, struggling with, you know, mental and physical fatigue and lethargy and, you know, where you just don't feel motivated and dragon wagon as my, <laughs> as my dad will call it. <laughs> so it's been a, a decent week and, you know, my practice flourishes um, when I'm focused. So I've been working a little with um, some practices handed to me by my teacher years ago and sharing some of those with, you know, my senior group, my senior students, um, which is, it's really good and has been really um, interrupting some of my thoughts, which is great. So 
I feel like everything in my path right now from, you know, my diet and nutrition and my practice is interrupting my behaviors. And that led to, you know, a little bit of a thought um, that I, I shared on the Sunday um, service on the Sunday practice service about how I believe that hatred and violence are really the result of thoughts that have just gone untethered. And what I mean by that is when we, we all have thoughts that arrive in our brains. Reminding, reminding you before I say anything more that you are not your thoughts. I am not my thoughts. You are not your thoughts, nor are you your actions and reactions. These are things that occur and you are a participant, but they are not you. They are coming from the, the human part of us. So when these thoughts arrive in our human brains, as they randomly do, and pop up, just as I was talking about when I was sick, those, those thoughts turn into ruminations even, and our particular bias then comes into play. Now, what I mean by bias is I like it or I don't like it. It's, it's in my mind. I've categorically put it into a bucket of I don't like it or I do like it. And with that, then I'm perpetuating sort of the emotional reactions that occur when I've decided on bias. And reminder also that these thoughts are unconscious and are just sort of pinging away in your head. And there's just a succession of uh, thought, reaction, reaction to reaction, reaction to reaction, and sometimes action that, that comes out of those reactions as well. And all sort of based on that filter of bias. So what this says to me and if you're not if you're not following me, I'm, I apologize um, because it is a deep thought. But when we really endeavor to understand ourselves and others, so remember we're cultivating this garden of understanding within ourselves before we even share it with others. Before we pick any fruit and share it with anyone. We are cultivating that garden of understanding, compassion, loving kindness within ourselves, within ourselves. Just that's our sandbox. That's our play area. That's where we figure things out. The laboratory, if you want to think of it that way. But literally, these thoughts arrive into our human brains for whatever reason. Maybe they're stimulated by something else. Maybe it was your reaction to something else that stimulated that thought to come out. 
we then place a categorical bias, our brains place a categorical bias on that thought and deem it as good or bad. And I want more of it. I want less of it. I want to hold on to it. I want, I want it to go away. Either one. So it's, it's, you know, one or the two of these things are happening. And then our emotions are reacting around that. So imagine this thought comes in that um, about, about something, I'm just going to say political because I know your minds are thinking um, that direction. And I think that's a really good example as of late. Um, political ideas or some of these uh, um, theories. I'm just going to call them theories without labeling them. Um, theories of what's going on and these stories that people are telling about what's going on um, in in and around the world, um, not only U.S. in Myanmar. There's you know certainly some things going on in Burma and those those areas are you know experiencing some of these things as well. So. Um, So the thought comes into our head of some kind of political idea or, um, you know, maybe stimulated about a specific person or a party of people or, or whatever. And it doesn't really matter what that thought is, but your bias, my bias, our brain's bias to that thought is then going to result in an emotional reaction and probably stimulate more thoughts of that's wrong, that's right, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I believe or I don't believe. And then reactions will come from that thought and we'll have more stimulated um, actions and reactions that are occurring all in the brain, all thoughts that just keep going and going and going and going and bias and bias and bias and bias. And now I can't stand that person. I can't stand what they stand for. I can't stand what they do. I don't want to hear one word out of their mouth and pop, 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 pop. Now, where is it? Like it's heightened, right? It's all the way up to angry rage, maybe even violence certainly hatred. All of these things are developed within our line of thought. And I'm not, I'm not saying this is wrong or right. What I am saying is this is how it happens. You know, study, study the thoughts, study how our brains work and react with this. And you'll see, it makes sense. It makes sense. It doesn't have to be about the political system. It could be about um, whether you like cilantro or not. I have a particular <laughs> reaction to cilantro. I don't like it. And the idea of it, I feel like I can taste that nasty taste when I, <laughs> when I, when I think of cilantro. And I certainly have bias. The difference is, and my friends, this is, this is the turning point.
is when we start cultivating within our little self garden inside of us, when we start cultivating that understanding and pulling apart those things that bother us or that we have attachment to, this is all about attachment. So attachment brings attachment equals, I'm just going to say that, put it on your, on your, on your whiteboard on the, the wall to remind yourself, suffering equals attachment, point blank, suffering equals attachment. I like it or I don't like it. Just putting that label on it causes suffering. It's just that simple. So we have to get ahead of it in our own little self playground, in our own little garden of cultivating kindness, understanding, compassion, that we understand our own actions and reactions, the thoughts, how it happens. How did I get there? Take it slowly and understand patience Put a lot of patience in the in your garden and just try to understand how do I get to that point that I don't like or I hate someone. I'm angry at someone. I'm, I'm judging them, criticizing what they do, et cetera, et cetera. And not, not saying that there's not... I want to be very clear in saying what I'm saying is not about whether things are just or or unjust. I'm, I, I want you to be clear that I'm not saying that we should say that everyone is cool and everyone's doing it right and everyone is kind and there's not poverty and injustice and oppression, those things all exist and they are, they are also a result of these untethered thoughts, reactions, thoughts, and bias. All of that in the same, in the same garden, right? So we have to understand it and understand what it is. Is this a positive thing or is this a negative thing? And think in terms of your garden, you're going to take the stuff that's not right, like weeds, and you're going to pull them out and throw them out, right? Rocks and things that, you know, maybe get in the way of, of the soil or, you know, maybe it's, you know, just something that's foul. You don't want to leave, you know, things rotting in there. You know, you can do that in a, you know, uh, composter and then put it back in the soil when it's good stuff. But, you know, my point is that we want to identify what is not working and what is working. And bias, my friends, does not work. If we, if, if our goal is to relieve suffering, bias, blind bias is not working. So what we have to change around that is the awareness of that bias. So follow me here. The thought arises and I'm aware of the thought. Oh, look at that. I just thought of that thing. You know, you know, you're not going to have that 
whole conversation in your head, but you can identify, ah, that's a thought. And then where I would normally have an unconscious reaction, you may have already, it may have already clicked into bias. And I might understand that that thought is bringing up something that is unpleasant and uncomfortable for me. So I'm going to see that. This is all about awakened, wakeful awareness. So we bring our attention into this awareness of this moment, this singular moment, this one right here, where we can feel our hearts beat, we can sense our own breath, we can smell things, taste things, see things. This all happens in this moment. Guess where those thoughts are occurring? They're happening in this moment. They're not happening in you know, the past, and they're not happening in the future. They're happening right now. So when we can practice being aware, you know, the thought is going to fire off. It's how quickly we can identify that we're having a reaction to that thought that really matters. So when I can see and I can understand and appreciate that, oh, that that stirs up something negative in me, and I was immediately going to fire off to unpleasant and um, dejected. I do not want that thing. I do not want to hear that man's voice. I don't want to hear his political rants. I don't want to, that's happening in my brain. The quicker I can identify that that is happening, the quicker I can let it settle. And it doesn't have to be an outward emanation from me. It's not something that I'm going to act out. I'm not going to swing my hand. My voice is not going to make a sound in reaction to that. You're catching it all in your thought. You're all catching it in your brain. You know, it might start coming out of your mouth and you can still have the opportunity to catch it and stop it. Understanding with loving kindness and compassion that you are having a reaction based on bias. Now, let's, let's flip the idea here that you're flipping through, as we all do, our phones and looking at social media. I, as of late, have really started enjoying Instagram because it doesn't, doesn't seem to have as much, and maybe it's just my feed, it doesn't have as much um, negativity shared as Facebook. And I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating for any of them or, or not advocating for any of them. I am just saying that we all habitually sort of have something. Maybe you like to watch the news, my husband does. Um, you know, I may sit and, you know, just scan and see Facebook feed as you may, or Instagram or Twitter or whatever your poison is, <laughs> that when you see that post and you go, oh yeah, Jeanette shared that thing and yeah, I agree with that and you like it or you share it and now it's an action. Do you see where I'm going? So the thought has arisen. Oh yeah, I don't like that either. I don't like that thing. I don't like that that thing's going on and it insults it here and does a nice, you know, cute, um, you know, 
way of pointing out the issue and and making even you know slanderous humor <laughs> out of out of opinion and now i've shared it or i've liked it and i let that go untethered and i've now created part of the problem when my untethered thoughts become actions i have now contributed to the problem now no matter what side of the fence you're on on this i don't care actually because it does not matter to me what matters is that we are all responsible for the energy and the actions that we bring into whatever is going on you have to you have to take ownership of these actions and reactions in a way of understanding in the way of understanding is compassionate and loving kindness for yourself. Ah, that's an unconscious reaction. And I was just perpetuating it by letting it go. And this is not to judge ourselves. This is not to criticize ourselves. It's to stop the pattern that brings the violence and the hatred and whatever based on bias. And no matter what is creating the base on bias, it could be as, as simple as our agreement or disagreement about cilantro. It does not matter. It's an individual understanding and an individual journey to understand our own contribution. It's not somebody else's fault that I've thought something, perpetuated that thought, attached a bias to it, and then had a reaction that was outward. It's not anybody's fault. I can't blame anyone for that. But I can blame unconsciousness, ignorance. I can blame that because it's true. When we know better, we do better. When we don't, we won't. We'll just remain in that state of unconscious, reactive, biased behavior. So if you really, really want to make a change, you must do it with yourself. You must, you must cultivate it in your garden, your garden of awakened awareness. You show up, you tend to that garden, you look around and see what should be there and what should not be there, what is skillful and what is unskillful. Put out our best efforts. And we do that by cultivating that wakeful awareness. It's as simple as sitting your butt, your backside on a cushion every day or sit in your favorite chair or whatever, close your eyes and really take a moment to cultivate that meditative state of curious understanding, patience, loving kindness, 
awareness, awareness that's arising. And it can be uncomfortable when I realize, oh, shoot, I have been participating with that that is creating hate, even unconsciously. I mean, I, I, I like to think of myself as a pretty kind, generous, and good person. But I have bias. I don't like your cilantro. <laughs> I'm joking. But, you know, we may have difference, different opinions about whatever. It doesn't really matter whether it's food or politics. It doesn't matter. You want to make a change. You want to stop violence. You want to stop oppression. You want to stop hatred. I mean, even stop poverty. Poverty is created in bias because someone must have everything and don't want to share with others. And then we monetize things and we, we make everything a transaction. That's all self-created crap. When we participate with that, without consciousness, we perpetuate it. When we participate with loving kindness, compassion, and wakeful awareness, understanding in ourselves first that this occurs, thought happens, bias happens, reaction happens, action happens from the reaction. It's all a chain of events that we have to interrupt. So my friends, that's it. Continually interrupt what's going on. Interrupt your thought patterns. Interrupt the feelings of discomfort or comfort your feelings of attachment interrupt the unconsciousness of them and introduce consciousness. That's as simple as it gets. You want to make a huge change? Cultivate that within yourself. And I'm not saying it's always easy, but it is accessible. You can do it right now in this moment, just a moment at a time. That's all we do. We're not trying to graduate from unconsciousness. We are just focusing and intensifying in this very moment. The one where our breath is, the one where our heartbeat is, the one where the thought is actually occurring. This is where we make the change. You and I, together, we make that change. And how do we do it? We practice. That's why we call meditation practice. That's why we call chanting practice because we're practicing being awake and aware, practicing cultivating that compassion, loving kindness, 
patience, understanding. We're doing that within our own garden. That garden will flourish. Continue to tend it every day, every moment, every moment that you possibly can. Remember to interrupt those thoughts, interrupt the behaviors, the reactions. Interrupt your criticisms and judgments. Remember what it's like to be on the other side of those criticism and judgments. So if we've all deemed that, every, that, that someone on the other side is absolutely wholly wrong and we publicly judge them and we publicly shame them and we criticize them in every way and we make fun of it with a, you know, a funny meme that we're just pushing that button, pushing that, that button that's going to make that person on the other side react in a defensive and hurt way. You've been on the other side of that it can be minimal. It could have been, you know, the shoes that you wore in the third grade that everybody decided to make fun of. Remember what it's like to be on the other side of it and not knowing that you're on the other side of it until you're pointed out. And then you react. You react because you're hurt. You react because you're shamed. And maybe there's some little there's some little understanding that's try, trying to fire in that brain on the other side that says, maybe I'm wrong. Be understanding that that may be happening because you've experienced that yourself. You've been married to some, you know, wacko idea. I have that I then understood, oh shit, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I've been wrong. What I've been saying is wrong. My actions, my reactions, and my bias have been wrong. And I'm a big enough person that I can admit that and move on. Not everybody seems to be built that way. You may not be built that way. Maybe just, maybe just ignore it. Or maybe double down and stick with it so they don't think that I'm that I didn't know what I was talking about at some point. It doesn't matter. The point is that through our own understanding of our own condition, through the understanding of our own participation with a bias, we have unwittingly, unknowingly contributed to hatred, violence, and oppression at the very least. So this is me being the interrupter and telling you that the pattern of thought that we've all been participating with up to this point has been perpetuating our suffering, the suffering of ourselves and the suffering of others. So we change it how? with our awakened awareness. It sounds really simple, 
but getting in the way of something before it becomes an action is the key. <sighs> so I just gave you a lot, but I feel like, you know, our we need to wash our hands and start again understanding what we understand in this moment. Know better, do better. We're not alone. We've all been doing it. And this is not about shame. This is not about criticism, not about judgment. It's about changing it. So you can change it. I'm certainly doing my best to change it. Catch yourself, even what you know, what seems a tiny little reaction that I just, you know, I just liked a Facebook post. Just understand that that has a karmic impact. Every thought that goes untethered, well, every, every thought, whether untethered or tethered, understood or unconscious has a karmic impact, cause and effect, my friends. So let's see if we can make some change together. You and I. I want you to sit your butt, <laughs> your backside, on a cushion or on a chair or on a park bench. I want you to close your eyes and take I want you to take some slow, long breaths and just be here and now in this moment. And I want you to do that and only that for a minimum of five minutes. You know, work up to 10. If you get to 20, you know, great. It's just like going to the gym. But for your spiritual awareness, your awakened awareness. Build that muscle. That's the important one. My friends, I'll be back next week. Have a great, great week. And remember to be present here and now in this moment because it is the only moment that matters. Goodbye now.